This is the Parenting for Faith podcast from the Bible Reading Fellowship. Visit parentingforfaith.org for free online videos and resources and an eight-session course all about Parenting for Faith. You can also sign up for news, subscribe to this podcast, and find out about events and training in your area. Welcome to the Parenting for Faith podcast. My name is Rachel Turner, and this week we are looking at a financially tight Christmas what do you do? Because a lot of us are facing that. And uh, how can we make that actually a spiritually significant uh, moment for our children? Uh, we're talking about in our question and answer section, uh, what do you do if you feel like uh, your school is pushing an agenda on your kids that are confusing them or making them feel um, worried? And it's something that you disagree with. How do you deal with a, a school culture that is different than the culture that you want your child to embrace? And uh, we're also talking to a specialist in helping pregnant people and people who are giving birth meet with God and encounter God in that season uh, and in that uh, in a way that is really low-key and just helps you uh, meet no God. And we love that. So we are uh, interviewing her as well. So starting off, I wasn't planning on doing this, actually. I was planning on doing a historically accurate Christmas quiz, which was going to be very exciting. But uh, as I was praying, I just really wanted to talk about this. I don't think I've talked about this very much. And I I just thought in this season, with many of us really financially struggling uh, because of of coronavirus, because of job situations, because of all of the things that uh, sort of this season has required of us, um, those of us may not be having the Christmas that we would have pictured in our heads. And every year I try to encourage parents who are struggling financially that it's you know how do we help kids develop a heart of thankfulness and how do we do that and I just I just kind of wanted to to wade into what if you really are um don't have a lot of money to do things and particularly around gifts I find a lot of parents really struggle if they feel like they cannot get gifts for their children, um, gifts of the standard that they want to give their children, uh, gifts of the size or the amount that they want to give their children, they feel like they are letting their children down um, if they aren't getting them gifts. And I, I don't want to say this is everybody, and please, I don't want any judgment for for you know parents who feel that because I think there is something about wanting as a parent to give good things to your kids that is just in the heart of who we are. We want to give good gifts to our children. Uh, I love in scripture where God says, if you as a parent want to give good good gifts, how much more do I want to give good gifts? And, uh, you know, God himself is saying that is in the heart of a parent to want to give good gifts to our children. And therefore it can be a huge blow when you feel like you can't give good gifts to your children. And I just wanted to sort of address that because I think there's something really powerful about um, about having a Christmas that is not so much about getting, but is about giving. Um, I have, I don't think I've said this very often, um, there have been multiple Christmases. Ooh, I, I, I want to say almost half of our Christmases that we have had as a family have been when we don't have money to get either any gifts or we can only get a gift for our kid. We just have been tight for most years. And and so and we faced that question of are we bad parents? Is that a thing? And we really then decided to have a a, a 
a family culture of giving rather than of getting, which means that we can still embrace the really fun <laughs> adventure of, of presents on Christmas, but we enjoy it not because of what we're going to get, but because of all of the effort we've put into the giving. Because when you don't have money to buy stuff, then you only have your creativity, which becomes really fun. And so the, the whole culture, when you don't have money to, to buy things, the culture of your home can shift to to the to the giving to the creativity to the thinking about the other person and the planning and trying to come up with creative and the anticipation of coming as what in the world did the people who love me manage to create out of nothing for me just for me and so here's a few ideas of 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 what it could look like um, one uh, ask god what is really interesting to your kid or to your parent uh, to your partner. Uh, what is interesting to grandma and grandpa, you ask God, God knows their hearts. And so making it a part of your family culture of, okay, well, we're going to need to get something for grandma and grandpa. We don't have any money to do that. So what, what would really make them smile this time? What makes them smile? Okay, God, what, what, what makes them smile? And you'll notice that all of a sudden you'll remember that this person loves, you know, motorcycles and you're like excellent they love motorcycles what would make them smile motorcycle cookies we can make those or whatever you begin to then really think about how to bless somebody else's heart and so i've known families who've who've experienced stuff like us and uh we they've come up with like the children going what toy does your sibling always want to play with you might want to give them that gift. And I've known kids who are like, this is my favorite toy that I'm constantly having to rip away from my sibling and I will give it to them. And these kids will cry and cry. This is mine now. It's yours now. I love you. Uh, there is a, what can you make? Uh, there is the gift of you that becomes really powerful. Uh, a coupon to play is something that I have seen over and over in families, but like extreme coupons, like I will do hot chocolate in a movie anytime you want. These are coupons that these children, vouchers, sorry, that was American coupon, uh, a voucher for a hot chocolate and a movie um, anytime this kid wants, which means they can redeem it at bedtime on a school night. And the kids are like, what? <laughs> It's so exciting. Uh, I have known so many kids who are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. My grandma got me this huge, you know, Lego thing. But you know what I really think is really interesting? Uh, my parents said we can have a camping trip outside in the back garden any night I want to. Uh, and they get really excited about that. Or um, or a, a chance to have a sleepover with you in the lounge. There's so many gifts, so many so many times that you can say, right, I will give full permission for us to be a family in whatever way you want and give them a voucher for something that actually is really exciting. Um, when it comes to your partners, I've done this before. I've taken my husband, <laughs> I've taken my husband's favorite pair of underwear and I hid it for a month and convinced him that he had lost it and he was really sad and I gave it to him for Christmas <laughs> and he was so pleased. <laughs> I'm not saying you have to hide those things, but there are moments where you can do that. Uh, what else? Um, you can make a homemade board game on a piece of the back of a piece of paper that, you know, is completely down to what your family likes and, and what it is. Or you can write a, a story for um, for your kids that is based on all of the fantasies that they have. And you can write them a story with hand-drawn illustrations. There is There is so much you can do because it's all about your attitude. It's all about being excited about partnering with God and about thinking about each other and being team to bless someone else and and the and anticipating it and being oh you can't wait and it is so wonderful i even had to wrap things in red and green uh 
everyone's red and green t-shirts because we didn't have wrapping paper one year uh, but we just wrapped it in fabric and it was so much fun because then we were all like living in weird clothes for that final bit because we had so many things wrapped up in clothes it it's all about the joy you bring to it and the anticipation and saying, I love giving gifts. I love thinking about you and planning for you and dreaming about what would make you smile. And I love doing that for other people. And that isn't dependent on money. That's not dependent on me having enough money to buy stuff. It's just about me praying for you and thinking about you and loving you. And I cannot wait to see what came out of my heart for you and for children to to have that joy of, of knowing that their parent has been planning and thinking and dreaming for them is so powerful. And so if you have no money this year um, to do that kind of stuff, it's okay. Because you are a parent who brings a culture of joy. And God is a God of giving. And God is a God who gives good gifts. And I believe that he will give you the creativity to give good gifts to your kid. That doesn't cost a thing, but will bring your kid immense joy. Uh, and that's something that you can train them how to do. What what kind of gift would it be for your kids to know that even with no spare money, you can celebrate anything with just the joy of love and creativity? I think it's it's something that can be incredibly powerful. So you can do it. I believe in you. Uh, whether you have lots of money this Christmas or none at all, it is partnering with the heart of God to give good gifts to each other with what God has given you. And that is going to be a joyful thing. For our question and answer section, we've received several questions that all sort of circle around this main central topic of school and home. What do you do when your school is teaching something that either makes you uncomfortable or that you're not sure you completely agree with it or you feel like your kid's going to be put in the center of sort of two different roots of teaching. For instance, if this how the schools are teaching festivals or PSHE or sex education or gender or RE or history, how do you cope when the school is... Uh, operating out of a slightly different value system than you or teaching things in a way that you wish they would teach differently. What do you do? I, what I want to say primarily is that in the different messages, what I hear over and over again is that we as parents feel powerless. We feel um, worried about it. We feel scared. We feel like we're in a push and pull competition with the school. And I, I just first wanted to say that that's something that I never want you to feel. And therefore, I just want to spend this little time just trying to, to make you feel like you can grab your power back in this situation because because um, you don't need to feel confused and disempowered in that you're chasing what the school is doing. And so no matter what is happening, if you feel uncomfortable about it with what the school is doing, then one, find out what is being taught. It's okay. Sometimes we're really reliant on our kids to pass on the the messaging. And uh, as someone who has worked with children at church, uh, I know that children do not accurately report what they're learning. <laughs> and so the amount of times I will teach something and then I'll get a call from a parent who was like, did you say this? And I'm like, no, I didn't, in no way did I say that. What I said was this. And it somehow got mixed up in a kid's head. And some things do get mixed up in kids' heads. That's okay. That is what happens in kids' heads. And so 
Sometimes that's because I didn't teach it clear enough. Sometimes that's because the kid is taking what I said and blending it with what they know, plus what they've seen on television, plus what they think you said, and putting it together into something in their heads. It's okay. That is part of just the regular monitoring of children is that uh, is that sometimes they get stuff mixed up. And that is all right. So I would suggest that rather than kick down the door of the school and be like, Oi, you're teaching my child that, you know, that Thor is the only God, uh, that you just come in and be like, hey, I hear that you're doing the Viking thing and you're looking at, at you know, you're looking at gods and how you talk about gods and how, you know, gods aren't real and they're just myths and we are people of faith. And I just was wondering, like, what are you teaching and how are you teaching it so that I know how to prep my kid for it and how to have useful and, and good conversations at home? Because I'm happy for you to, you know, teach what what you is on the curriculum for you to teach. I just want to make sure that I'm doing my bit as a parent to help frame for them how that fits into the wider narrative of their of their life and the, of the value system that we hold. And so um, so whatever it is, whether it's it's God's words, anything that's making you feel uncomfortable, please feel free to go in with just an open, kind heart and say, could you tell us sort of what wording you're using, what language you're using? Um, great, that's really helpful to me. You know, are you doing anything coming up about that, whether it's about RE, whether it's about history, whatever it is, just sort of cover that and you go, okay, great. So I can have good conversations with my kid going forward on that. That's really helpful because then you know from them what they're saying. And often teachers will want to hear your concerns and how to respect you in that process. And so I think that is important to just go in. You're not saying you need to change. You're saying, I want as much information as possible so that I can help my kid manage this experience. And then some of you may choose to leave it there. You have the knowledge you want to spot it and keep it going and some of you may want to wade into it with your kid and that's okay and so when you do you can say you know I, I understand that school is teaching this and there are bits of this that I really agree with and then you can pull out you know when your school says this I actually agree with that or when they say this what I mean you know what I see that them saying that is because they don't know God the way I know God and so this is this is what what I believe and what I see in real life and so they say Christians think this but I know this because this is my life and I live it and um, there are also times where you can say I really disagree with what they're saying I disagree with how they're framing Halloween or family or things like that and and this is why and this is how and that I know that puts me in an awkward situation when I'm at work or when I'm at school however you choose to talk about it then you're talking about how it's okay to exist in a space where other people think differently um and and to talk about how I, as a Christian, cope with that. This is how I protect my mind. This is how I set my heart to love. This is how I am graceful and non-judgmental. This is how I do this. This, this is how I cope in a world that doesn't always agree with me. And that's a great discipleship journey to go with. And that doesn't mean you have to wade into every bit of theology that you feel like they need to. But developmentally, what is appropriate for them at this time in their experience? And, and most importantly, how do we respond? to others that we disagree with? How do we respond to others who believe this, who act out of, um, who act out of a, you know, deep belief in ghosts? How do we problem solve that? And how do we do that? And so if you're, if you're looking at that, no matter what the school is teaching, just to find out what's being taught, figure out what you think and what is developmentally appropriate to wade into at this time with your kid, um, help them 
understand what you agree with and what you don't agree with. Ask the big questions, wonder together about it. Um, and then talk about how to res- create windows into your life, frame for them stuff. And then, you know, talk about mostly how we how we walk as Christians in humility and boldness and uh, and love bringing, bringing the best of God to all of our situations. And then you can f- figure out that way forward. And so there's no need to be afraid. There's no need to be afraid of the school because you are the parent and you have deep influence in the lives of your kid. So there's nothing that can be too embarrassing to want to wade into and say, let's talk about this. How do you feel? What do you think? This is, this is how I think. This is how I feel. And this is what life looks like as a Christian in a world that, that, has different values and thoughts than us. And that can be a great way forward. So I know I didn't answer any of your specific ones, but I just want you to think around those issues. Um, and, and then if you have more questions, please feel free to come back because I'm here to walk alongside of you. Hi, my name's Anna Hawkin and I'm part of the team here at Parenting for Faith. And I'm here today with Helena, Helena, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you do? Yeah, hi Anna, I'm Helena. Um, I am a mum to two girls who are nine and six. Um, I work for my church um, part-time as PA to my vicar. Um, and I've worked in various different roles for my church over the past eight years or so. Um, and in the last couple of years, I've just trained to be a, a doula. And so just starting out... Um, alongside my PA role as a doula as well. Fantastic. So for the uninitiated, um, can you explain what a doula is and what a doula does? Sure. Um, A doula is somebody who comes alongside women who are having babies, so through pregnancy, through birth um, and beyond postnatally as well. Um, The word doula is a Hebrew word, which means a woman who serves. Um, And they basically provide emotional or practical support for women going through that. Fantastic. And I know it's something you feel quite strongly about, that the um, people's experience of pregnancy and of birth is positive and that God can be a part of that and brought into that. Um, Do you want to tell us a bit more about that? What does that look like and why is it important? Yeah, so um, when I had my own children, um, I was blessed with really positive experiences um, and I really enjoyed bringing God into the journey of that. Um, I loved to just speak his truth over the pregnancy, over the birth that was coming up, um, declaring his goodness um, and just knowing that God was with me the whole time and that I could really trust him. Um, and I would think it was just, it was really something that I, I, I noticed and I discovered that there was a lot of fear um, and a lot of actual actually trauma that people seem to experience going through pregnancy and birth Um, and I just felt like it was quite common Um, and so after I had mine I just became quite passionate about wanting other people to experience um, having well positive experiences but also just involving God in their journeys um, and just really as Christians as well, that we, we have the opportunity to, to choose and believe in the power of the almighty God. Um, and that doesn't mean to say that things always go to plan um, in birth. It doesn't always go to plan, but um, I just really believe that when we choose to do it with God, we can still have 
a positive experience and just just knowing that he's with us through every circumstance can just make a massive difference mm. yeah I think I think that's really true and that certainly um was my experience I remember first being pregnant and everyone wants to tell you horror stories for some yeah. unknown reason it's like a badge mm. of honor let me tell you how horrendous my labor and birth was um, and actually, there's not a lot of people saying this can be really brilliant and really positive. And it's an amazing time to have exactly. God with you and be aware of his presence and his provision. And, you know, you're going to face something you haven't faced before if it's your first time. And just to know that God is there with you is, yeah, um, is amazing. Yeah. Can you give us um, a few more examples or um, ideas of kind of what that might look like? So if someone's pregnant now, has a friend who's pregnant or how can they bring God into that a little bit more? Yeah, so I think it's just um, finding ways to connect with God um, and to just spending time in prayer, asking him how um he's feeling about you and your the journey that you're on how he's feeling about the baby that he has designed and is currently creating inside of you um the plans that he has for your child but um but yeah i think it's important as well just to to be focusing on you and your connection with him not not just about the baby and the and the plans that god has for your child but but actually the journey he's on with you um in becoming a mother and becoming a mother to this child um, and also, you know, if we, we all, when we're, when we're pregnant, we very often will have anxieties and things that we're worried about or things that, oh, I don't know if this, what this is going to be like, or is this going to go wrong? Or, um, and just being able to, to pray through those things and, and find scriptures. There's so many Psalms that um, are just so helpful with, with thinking about trusting God and, and giving him our our worries and our anxieties and casting our burdens on him um, and just constantly doing that and making that um, making that a habit really a thing that that we can do um, also just being really specific about our prayers as well I remember in my pregnancies I, I just thought about you know my, my ideal birth and my birth plan and I wanted to do it with God and say that God I I would really love my labour to start at nine in the morning after a really good night's sleep. And some people might think it's silly just to pray something so specific like that and so maybe unrealistic. Um, but I can actually testify to say that my first labour started at 9am after an amazing night's sleep. Um, but, and I'd literally, I'd written that down and I prayed that, I'd asked for that. And that was one of one of the prayers that God actually um, answered in the way that I'd asked um, and there were other things that didn't quite work like that but that was that was one that was one that actually did happen um, yeah well thank so you for being amazing. brave and sharing that I actually had a, a exactly the same experience I asked for an, a nine to five um because I thought that sounds Shit, like a work day that. <laughs> and uh, contractions start at nine in the morning and the baby was born at five in the evening um, no way well my that was the same for me yeah it was the same it was five o'clock for me as well she was born at five o'clock so exactly the same amazing so do do pray specifically people and helen has been doing an amazing thing um both on zoom for pregnant women and within your church haven't you um of kind of running guided prayer sessions of just helping people like 
there's probably people listening thinking this all sounds great but when I sit down for some time with God my mind just goes all over the place and I find it hard to know what to say and what to ask for um, and you do what uh, in Parenting for Faith Speak I would describe as chat and catch for grown-ups you sort of <laughs> talk us through with some prompts of some uh, things to say to God and some things to ask him and it's so helpful can you tell us a bit more about that how did it come about and and how do you do that yeah sure so um yeah over the last um few years really at my church when we've had different prayer weeks or um youth weekends away or things like that that I've just been involved with I've I've often run a sort of a guided prayer session some people might call it a soaking time with God soaking in his presence or um a led encounter uh, or guided prayer um and yeah this is just a way to connect on a deeper level with God really and grow in our intimacy with him and practice hearing his voice and and things like that um and then uh yeah in um in January of this year um I had a a group of the, the four friends of mine from church who were all having about to have their first child um and so I just got them all together and I said let's just pray let's pray for each other let's pray um for your babies and for your upcoming births and um and and we and we did that and um uh, we listened to each other for for what god might be saying to them and for their babies and it was a really powerful time and then as we as the months went on we came into lockdown um and they they began to to have their babies um and so i just really wanted to to help them prepare for that uh with god and so um it turns out that you can do these sessions on Zoom um, and it still works. Um, <laughs> so, so, um, so yeah, so I started just leading a couple of these times for my friends who are having babies um, and they just seemed to find it really helpful. Um, so I thought I'd start asking around and advertising a bit wider um, through other churches and through social media. And, um, and so, so now I'm, I'm running these pregnancy prayer guided prayer sessions um twice a month so usually on a wednesday or a thursday evening um and it's about half an hour 40 minutes um where you can you can just come you can switch off your camera lie back relax um and they'll just take you through some some prompts and things that you you might want to ask god um and you'll have space just to listen and wait um you can journal those things if that's helpful for you um, so an example of, of things that I might get you to ask God is, um, God, is there anything that I need to hand over to you tonight? Mm. Um, and then if something comes to mind, just, um, just in your mind, just handing those things over to him, putting them in his hands, trusting them, trusting him with those things. Um, or another question could be, God, is there any, are there any tools that you want to give me as I become a mother to this baby? Um, or are there any tools that you want to give me for my current season? Um, and just seeing what comes to mind, really, and just, um, yeah, just having that that connection with God and seeing what he might want to say to you. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much. It's such an um, invaluable, I was going to say service, not really a service, but it's an amazing thing you're doing and it's helping loads of people. 
Um, oh, Helen is you. going to be one of our speakers at our um, training morning on Thursday, the 11th of February. We are launching a whole load of new things at Parenting for Faith, looking at the spirituality of babies and toddlers. So do sign up for that. And if people want to join in these pregnancy prayer sessions, Helena, how can they find out about that or get hold of you? Um, on, on Instagram, you can follow me at, at doula underscore Helena or on Facebook, I'm doula Helena. Or you can send me an email at doula.helena at gmail.com. And I would gladly give you all the details that you need. And a question to start an interesting conversation with your kid this week is, what does God love more, giving gifts to us or receiving our praise, worship and gifts that we give him? Why? Have a good conversation. Thank you for downloading the Parenting for Faith podcast. A new episode will be released next week. And why not look at parentingforfaith.org to watch the free eight-session course, to get in touch, or to find out about training and events near you.